you that right now. The sunshine is beautiful. Yes. And we got it. Lord blessed us with a great day to come and worship Him this morning. This, does that, anybody have anything before we go into our Lord? Brother Wayne, I want to say this. I got a great blessing going down the hallway at the nursing home this morning. A lady in a wheelchair with her back turned to me, and I knew who it was. It was Miss Inez Adcock from Bluntsville, if you ever knew. And I said, well, Miss Inez, how are you doing? And she turned around and looked up. She said, well, son, I was just sitting here counting my blessings. <laughs> and I just took a chill down my leg to know that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we need to count our blessings. Amen. 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 We always need to count our blessings. Thank you for sharing, Brother Chris. Anyone else? We're so good to be here. My sister Renee texted text this morning and said that they were on their way home, so that they'd probably be here tonight. So y'all ready to have a safe trip home? Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, but that's what we, we pray for today. Heavenly <coughs> Father, I just want to thank you for the blessing of just being here, Lord, in your house and with all of our friends and family, Lord. We. We all love each other, and that's what it's all about. Yes. And just give us, keep impressing on us that in our hearts about giving to others and, and checking on our community, Lord, and, and being a part of this community. Just keep that impressed on our hearts, Lord, as a church and individuals, Lord, each and every one of us, Lord. Just, but we just thank you for this day. Thank you for our... Brother Michael being with him as he teaches, Brother Roger there in the devotion, and Lord, just, just give Brother Stephen what he needs today, what we need, Lord. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Let's sing one more here. And I love this song. Look page 79. Page 79. My Jesus, I love thee.
sing. Good sing. Well, does anybody have anything else before Brother Roger comes and brings our morning devotion? Well, Brother Roger, you come and share it with us. some of our electronics and um, they their son has uh, a condition going on now that they're uh, praying that everything's going to work out so um, this, that was a card they sent I wanted to, wanted to be sure to read that um, good to see everybody here this uh, right back in here uh, we seem to have been following uh, McGee's around yesterday <coughs> We saw him over at Jack's, and then we saw him over at Coleman. <laughs> so, uh, was that yesterday or the day before? Saturday. So yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, good to see them here. Good to see Mr. Marvin here. Hey, man. Uh, see him every once in a while at Jack's if I'm up early enough to get over there. And it's just good to, good to see everybody. Um, I was... Uh, I was... Uh, listening to uh, something. Our, our daughter Angie used to be in a, a little thing called a Bible. What was it? A Bible drill? Mm -hmm. Bible drill? And there was a little video that I saw on my phone. Um, this young lady was in a Bible drill and, and they give you a little piece of scripture and then you have to tell them where it's at and quote the whole piece. Uh, that's that's the, the competition they're in. And this little girl quoted this scripture and it was it, when she got started it was almost like she was a trained dramatic reader or something she just got feeling it so much it, that it, it it really impressed the judges they stopped and commented on how well she had done and i got to reading the scripture and the chapter that it came from and there seemed, seemed like there's just such a lesson there um this was when uh, solomon was about to become king david was preparing um uh, for Solomon to become king and you know David didn't get to build the temple but David worked hard on the temple before he before he turned the reins over to Solomon and um, and this is a, a part of that uh, scripture if you want to read it, that uh, first Chronicles chapter 29 and um, I just intended to read two or three verses but it was just too good to, to uh, 
not uh, read a little bit more. It brings out the uh, it brings out the uh, the thought here that um, um, sometimes we can't accomplish stuff ourselves, but that don't mean we don't work on it. And uh, so David in the 29th chapter, the first verse, he says, "Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender." And the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold, and silver for things of silver, and brass for things of brass, and iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones, and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, I have set uh, my affection to the house of my God. I have my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver, to overlay the walls of the house withal. The gold for things of gold, and silver for things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And, to, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? He's, he's appealing to the church for help, or to the congregation for help. What can you do? Do you have gold? Do you, are you a... Are you a uh, a woodworker, uh, are you a mason? What can you do? Um, then the chief of the fathers said, uh, and the princes of the tribes of Israel, and the captains of thousands and hundreds, with the rulers of the kings, uh, rulers of the kings were offered willingly, and gave for the service of the house of God of gold five thousand talents, and ten thousand drams, and of silver ten thousand talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. And, and, um, and they when, uh, with whom precious stones were found gave them to the measure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jael the Gershonite. And the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with perfect hearts they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Now here's the scripture the young lady quoted. She said, Wherefore David blessed the Lord uh, before all the congregation, and uh, David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, over uh, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth that is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as a head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. So as, as uh, King David stood before the, uh, the congregation, he knew his time was short. Uh, he was going to turn the reins over to Solomon. 
And he knew that he wouldn't be blessed to build the, the temple. But he'd worked hard and he'd prepared and he gave, uh, and he said he gave willingly. And he, um, I think he led by example. Uh, and then the, the congregation began to give. And, and the, the quantities that they gave there, um, let's see, they gave um, a talent. If I look it up correctly, a talent is approximately 75 pounds in our weight. So of gold, the congregation gave 375,000 pounds of gold, plus the, uh, plus the, um, the smaller, the, the drams, uh, which is considered you know, a portion of an ounce. Uh, silver, they gave 750,000 pounds. Brass, 1.3 million pounds. And of iron, 7.5 million pounds. Now this was what was accumulated before the, before the uh, temple started to be built. And um, so, you know, even though sometimes we think, well, I can't, I, I'm, I can't do that. I can't, that's something I can't accomplish. We can work toward it, can't we? We sure can. And uh, every little bit helped. You know, that was the congregation here in David um, um, present to them what he had done. And they and it said they gave not begrudgingly, they gave willingly and with it, I think he said with a perfect heart. So, you know, as we think about that, <clears throat> the things don't think about the things we can't do. Just think about what can we do to, to help the people that, that can do. You know, I might not do much but um, uh, hold the shovel out there when we're digging a hole, but at least you don't have to bend down and pick it up when you want it. I'll hand it right back to you. We can do something, is what I'm saying. And, and before, uh, <coughs> before this, the, the verses right before this, um, David said to Solomon, he says, and, and this is in the 20th verse of the. Uh, um, 28th <coughs> chapter. And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord, even my God, will be with thee, and he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until <coughs> thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of God. So he admonished, uh, he admonished Solomon. He goes, it's, it's a daunting thing. You're young. He says, don't fail. Don't don't quit. God won't fail you. He will be with you, and, and uh, he'll be with you until it's over. So, uh, I think it was a good lesson for us, for me, to know that, you know, there's some things I look at and I just go, I ain't going to try that. But if I start, I think there'll be help. Sure. And, 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 and David started, uh, even though he knew he wasn't going to participate in the building of this, it didn't help. It didn't. It didn't stop him from being willing to to uh, help prepare, bring the bring the materials in, and, and get everything ready for when when the construction started. They didn't have to go hunt materials. They had stuff at a stockpile there ready to go. So uh, let's be ready to go and uh, and keep our stockpile work on. You never know when we might need. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning? Actually, be in prayer for my friends over where I work. We lost two, uh, two associates this week. Uh, one was 33 years old, and uh, one I think was probably 67 or so. But um, two of 
two uh, two men that I had worked with both of them. So y'all keep uh, y'all keep their families in your prayers. So. Let's remember too they uh, buried Lisa's brother-in-law yesterday, Terry uh, Franklin's brother. Yeah. And, uh, so let's keep them in our prayers. Yes. Anyone else got anything before we take our classes? All right, if not, we will we'll take our classes at this time. Jamie heard from Amy this week. Oh, the first of the week. She just about to sign. On this page. Okay, I need a show of hands. Everybody that saw a daffodil in bloom this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was looking up. <laughs> Mine's been out the last two weeks. Well, you should have said something last Sunday. <laughs> yep. Good to see, good to see. Uh, good morning, everyone. I want to remind us, I, I know our pastor will too, but we'll help soak it in. Two weeks from today, we have the radio broadcast. So, anyone here that's never been to one of those? Okay. You've never been to one. Well, we usually get there a little before 8, but our pastor likes us to get there a whole lot earlier than that. <laughs> like about 7.15, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we usually get there about 7.15. And I've been talking to a couple of the sisters, and we might bribe people with biscuits if they'll come to the radio broadcast. So, yeah. All right. Any one word before we get started? Good to see each one that's here this morning. Uh, those that have been sick. Uh, we missed our fellow in back. I know that's for sure. Uh, he's, the, he's the silent, but that's how good he is. You never know. Things just flow. Somebody gets up and sings. Somebody you, you don't realize how good he is back there. We really appreciate Brother Mitchell. Yeah. They say that in a sporting event, you know you've had good breath if you didn't notice anything that he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. done a good job. He does a great job. His family's all sick today. Yeah. One of these Sundays. One of these Sundays, we're going to have to break out chairs when everybody gets here. Uh, we're in the book of Galatians, continuing. And uh, just a quick review, these churches that were in Gal the area called Galatia had a, had a mix of members. Some had a, were Jewish, had a background in the Jewish faith. Some were Greek. They didn't have that background. And what has happened is Paul came through there with Barnabas preaching salvation is through faith. No works needed. Is there anything I can do to warrant being saved? No. I can't build a temple big enough. I can't, I can't do anything to be saved except accept the gift. That's what I can do. Accept what Christ did. But the problem is, is after Paul and Barnabas left, he talked about some brethren which crept in who were Jewish. 
And they wanted, how would I phrase this? They wanted to say, okay, you Greeks, we know you got saved, but here's some things in the law y'all need to do to really, really be saved. And the, the biggie was with them was that the Greeks needed to be circumcised. Um, I tried to, and really it's legalism, is really what we would call this today, legalism. And um, if you ever get in Leviticus and try to read it, you'll shout, thank the Lord for grace. Yeah. Amen. But we don't say the law was bad. Of course it wasn't bad. But it was the foundation for the New Testament. Really what the law did was show people they didn't have a hope. Could not do anything. Did you ever read where they could stop doing their yearly sacrifice? Nope. Nope. They could never get ahead of sin. And, you know, I look at some of the religions, quote religions, I'll use that word loosely today, um, at some of the legalistic things they do. Uh, I think of the one that they have to pray three times a day at this exact time in order to be a good whatever religion they are. You've got to pray at, we'll say, 8, 12, and 2. Is that what's on Dr. Pepper? 8, 12, and 2, 8, 12, and 4, yeah. something like that? 10, 2, and 4. 10, 2, and 4, yeah. You had to stop and pray at 10, 2, and 4 to be, to be saved, you know. And I'll make this statement, and I heard it a lot and it really sunk in as a Christian I can do anything I want do you know that yes. I can do anything I want but the thing is when I got saved my want to's changed yeah sure. I want to do good I want to live good I want to help people I don't want to cheat my brother I don't want to steal yeah so a true Christian, his want-tos change. He can do anything he wants to. Yeah. But they came in, and, and, and let me say this too. When you read and study a book like Galatians, it's like listening to half a conversation. Because, let's say for instance, and I know it maybe not in this book, but in a lot of the books, they wrote a letter to Paul, and then he answered the letter. But we don't get to read the letter the church sent to Paul. So you kind of kind of see in half a conversation here as, as we look at this. But number one, Paul has either received, I guess in some way he's received knowledge that these Jews in these churches are trying to drag people back under the law. But secondly, they, they even question Paul's authority. Who is Paul to tell y'all that he's right and we're right? We're not. So as we go through these, he's, he's, he's addressing each thing that he's either heard or read. Okay? All right, anyone a word? All right, we'll pick back up at verse 6. I know we covered it, but just to kind of give us a better stopping point. First chapter of Galatians 6 verse. And Paul wrote, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace, not the works, but the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which really is not another. But there be some that trouble you and per would pervert the gospel of Christ. 
And he said, but though we, and I think we here would have been Paul and whoever's with him. Now, depending on when that was written, it could have been Barnabas, it could have been Silas, uh, Titus, Timothy. We don't know who was with Paul. But he's saying, and he included himself in this, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul's saying, even if I come and I've changed my tune, <coughs> don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. And there's a big lesson there. We cannot put our faith in another man. We cannot. Uh, people are human. There are men in this world that I have so much respect for. But if they shipwreck, it's, they're not going to take me down with them. Because my faith is not in them. I love them. I respect them. I do anything I could for them. But my faith is higher than in a man. Yeah. So Paul says, even if I come and I preach something different than what you heard when you were saved, just call me accursed. Yeah, call me accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. I think he meant this, didn't he? If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Yeah. What you got is what you needed and all that you needed to this church. Yeah. All right. The ways that people uh, tell you something and, and try to make you remember it is through repetition. Mm -hmm. If you ever hear you know, an advertisement on TV and they give a phone number, they'll usually give it two or three times. You know, call such and such and such or call. But, and, and that's what he's doing. He's emphasizing through repetition that what I said is what I meant. Mm -hmm. And even if an angel from heaven were to come down and preach and he preached something different, run him out the door. Yeah. Anyone else? So starting in verse 10, now Paul's going to start <clears throat> defending his authority as an apostle. 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 So apparently they questioned even him as being the authority he was to preach what he did when he came through the first time. He asked a great question here. Uh, for do I now persuade men or God? Do I persuade men or am I out here trying to persuade God? I'm afraid there's a lot of pastors trying to persuade God this morning to do it their way. Yeah. Well, God really meant this. Yeah. Yeah. Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. He said, can't do both. He can't be a servant of Christ and just try to please men. You know, I, I really respect pastors you know, they come in Sunday in, Sunday out. Every once in a while, God gives them a hard message. And uh, 
I know deep down they really they don't want to beat the head over beat the church over the head. But who do they please? God or men? I've gone out the door more than once and told the pastor, appreciate you stepping on my toes this morning. I needed it. Yeah. Uh, they don't enjoy it, I don't think, particularly. Uh, do you? No. No. Bobby? I don't like taking it home with me. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... but God sees a need for a hard message for some reason. And for the pastor to do what he really needs to do, he needs to please God and preach it. Yeah. And it's up to us to have the right hearts and attitude to accept it. Yeah. But I, verse 11, but I certify you, brethren, the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I didn't get this sermon out of a book that somebody else wrote. Yeah. And another example, Brother Michael, I've got a cousin. He's been a preacher for years, and I love him very much. But he's told me that he's got messages written to preach. And I just can't fathom that. I mean, first off, I can't write a paragraph. You know, I have trouble sending email messages at work. I have to be very technical to get it out mm -hmm. because I can't have any I can't go both ways but uh, I just to be honest as much as I love him and seen his life and how he's changed and how he raised his family um, there's no way I can put him in the book board mm -hmm. or behind the book board yeah. I should yeah. say yeah. because if it don't come from God it's not going to do us any good no going to hurt. It's going to do even worse than not do any good. It's going to hurt. It's going to do hurt to the church. But Paul wanted to make sure these folks knew absolutely for sure what he preached to them he didn't receive from man. Now here's an interesting one. For I neither received it of man nor was I taught it but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's where his messages came from. Right. Was from Christ. I really should have let you teach this morning, talk this morning. Well, I don't know why you say that. Because you've experienced this firsthand. I have. About receiving it from God. Saul saw a lot when he was blinded, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He saw an awful lot blinded. He saw an awful lot in that period of time that he couldn't see. But yeah. the truth is, it's no different. What God shows us as preachers is no different than the way that He shows it to you as a teacher. It's the same Spirit all in all. It's the, and, and you say, well, is it different levels of faith? No, it's the same faith. You either believe Him and move in what He's directing you to do, or you don't believe Him. It's just that simple. And there have been many times I've stood up there and, and I was thankful that I got the, the message in the third verse of the last song they sang. I'm glad they sang that third verse. I've got the message then and there's been times when I read I read 28 chapters out of Job preparing for a message and then it didn't take me that long to preach it. But the Lord gave it to me as I'm walking to the book board 
and, and start doing my stammering and mammering and welcoming and trying to be a moderator, then the Lord hit me with a message. He just handed it to me then. <laughs> and why well, you have more you got more liberty with those and you got you're just so thankful to get it, you forget about everything sure. else. And you're able to preach. And, and uh, it's scary all the way up to that point. And it's the same for teachers. It's the same for uh, prayers. People that, that, that pray on their brother's sister's behalf, it's the same. And, and we do it in faith. And we believe for it. And, uh, and, and God is a rewarder of that. And that's what He's wanting from us. Amen. Yeah. Now, we're not going to take this to the extreme. I mean, uh, a pastor doesn't put a Bible under his pillow and it absorb in his head every Amen. night while he sleeps. He's got to do some study. Amen. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And if someone who's really called by God, not a church, not by mom or daddy, but called by the church, there ain't a thing wrong with them further in their education. I don't know, many of you may not know this, but Uncle Andrew Odin, who helped found most of these churches around here, had to come home from seminary because uh, I forgot what happened on the farm. He had to come home and help them. It's probably why he breaks out with Hebrew definitions now and then. So we're not taking this to extreme to bash education. No way. But the message... I, well, I remember one time uh, my brother-in-law, Terry, Brother Terry Butts, he was, he was pastor, and he's going to get up and dismiss because he didn't have nothing to preach. And he said he got right here, and the word love hit him. And he preached out of uh, 13th chapter of, is it Romans? Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, about charity. Yeah, he got his message as he stepped up here. But I guarantee you, I promise you, he'd studied that scripture before then. It just didn't come out of osmosis, out of the air. Yeah. So. Brother Michael, I uh, thought about this. Uh, and, and I have learned, I was told by some daddy preachers when I was first announced my call that whenever you got an appointment, whatever it was, wherever it was, you take it. And, uh, and I had confidence in those men. But over a period of time, I had to learn the hard way that you better make sure that the Lord's in you taking that appointment. I'm talking about revivals or mm -hmm. whatever. And, and, and I always try to get myself out of the way to say, I don't want to be Put, put my wants and my desires ahead of what God wants me to do, but I want to make sure it is what God wants me to do. Um, I'll never do this as well. I'm, I'm not going to say I'll never do it again, but I had a, Linda can tell you, I had a, a year where it was revival after revival after revival. A lot of them were day and night. And it kept popping in my mind what those men said. If they offer it to you, take it. And uh, I made her life so miserable that those three months um, because the Lord was not in any one man having that many revivals. I just don't believe Now, there's some that can. There's some that can handle it. And boy, they can go and preach. But 
You day and night service, you got through with the day service. People wanted you to come home and eat, which was very nice. You come home and eat with them. They want to take you out and show you their farm, and, and, I, and I'm always interested in that. But by the time they're through with you, it's time to come back that night, and you haven't opened this book. And the devil's saying, if you ain't got nothing to preach, you're just going to get up there and make a fool of yourself. And I'm thinking, maybe the church will testify. Maybe it'll just... Maybe it'll just turn loose and go to me. But I have learned since then that, and I always consider it a privilege when I'm asked to help in a revival, but I, I always pray and ask God, especially if they start coming back to back, I say, God, you know how weak I am. And if I can't be a help in this thing, if I'm getting behind the book board and I'm dead tired and I can't be a help in this thing, then God helped me to give them a no answer and not be worried about it. And boy, he gave me a piece about that. And I've had to do it sometimes. I haven't had to lately. I'm not that popular anymore. But, uh, I, That's because uh, you've associated with us now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I tell, I, 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 I try not to ever tell young preachers that if they ask my advice, I never try to tell them what to do because it is that's between you and the good Lord. Yeah. Sister Belinda, you going to amen? He was hard to live with. Patrol. Okay, I thought so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three, months, three months. I'm sorry. Yeah, three months. No, he just said three months. Okay. Yeah, he left off a few. Brother Michael, I heard an old preacher put it in a sample <clears throat> one time. He said, you know. Job, his job was to feed the flocks. If I had got anything to feed them, I'd put anything up in the barn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a pretty simple country yeah. term. Yeah. 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 So, I used to see Brother Paul Kelly sitting right there. But, you know, he was a very young preacher when we were his first church, weren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were. And uh, I've seen him sit there all through Sunday school. And he turned page after page in that Bible. He didn't know what was being said in the Sunday school lesson and, and come back after Sunday school. We used to give a report mm -hmm. and you know, it took a few minutes. Then he's over there just thumbing pages and Sister Cheryl sitting beside him with blocking tears because she was struggling with him. And he'd get up and he'd say, Church, if the good Lord don't come on the scene, all I got is a couple verses of scripture to read. I'll read that and we'll go home if he don't come on the scene. Well, after Kidney Lane a little bit later, I said, when Brother Paul does that, just get you a good, comfortable seat. He's fixing to take off the door. And he would. Bring out your cheese crackers. You're going to be there a while. Yeah. David uh, Harper ever said, I only, I'm not going to hold us any longer than the Lord will allow. Yeah. yeah. Settle in. Yeah. So Paul's going to go in the 13th verse about his past. Uh, now I'll just read it. Start with verse 13. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. You can say this for Paul. Whatever he did, he did wide open. If it was worth doing, he was going to give it all he had. And he said, And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation. He was A-plus number one teacher's pet. 
valedictorian of this stuff, being more, not just more zealous, but more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Key word there, traditions of my fathers, yeah. But when it pleased God, in God's time, not His time, in God's time, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. No works that He did at all there, is there? He was called by grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen. Or at this time, that's what He'd say, the Gentiles. Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem, where the, quote, mother home church was. To them that were apostles before me, I didn't run to Peter, I didn't run to John, but I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, he went up to Jerusalem and met the apostles. He went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him a whole 15 days. Doesn't seem very long, does it? But other the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. When Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, he didn't head to Jerusalem. He headed out in the desert. He wanted to get this himself. He wanted to get it himself. Yeah. Not really much to say there, is there? <laughs> he wanted it firsthand. Yeah. Like you said, Roger, when he was blinded, he saw an awful lot. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Sicilia, Cilicia, however that's pronounced, and was unknown by faith unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. Don't ever tell me somebody's too bad to get saved. Because Paul would say, if there was ever one, it was me. Yeah, what a difference. And what an encouragement to the churches that were under persecution to heard that he had been saved. If Paul can, well, anybody can be reached. Yeah. So Paul's here is defending his past of, past of exactly how he received authority to preach the gospel. And Paul called himself an apostle born out of due season. Like I was later than everyone, but there was a purpose. It was to go out to the Gentiles. Yeah. Could I read five verses? Yep. You got, you got two minutes. <laughs> this is in 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 5. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as with you and that you may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, 
that we both do and will do the things which we command you. But the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and to the patient waiting for Jesus Christ. So this was a letter to Thessalonica. He, Paul, one of the greatest Christians to ever live that gave us most of the New Testament, always pointed up to the Lord. Mm -hmm. He said he gloried in one thing. The cross. That's what he gloried in was the cross. That was it. Not his. Now, I'm sure Paul was uniquely qualified to address the law. You know what I really think? I think Paul knew the law forwards and backwards and inside and out. Sure. By the letter. But when he saw the risen Christ, a light bulb came on. And he saw those scriptures in a totally different way. Instead of them being the, the almost the, what's the word he used? The, the bondage of the law in that you never could whip sin. You could just push it back for a little while. He understood now it was all leading up to Christ. It clicked for him. So he, above anyone could preach to the Jew and to the Gentile grace. Yeah, he understood grace better than I'll ever understand grace. Yeah. Any one word, I'm done. That'd wrap up that chapter. Y'all know me my whole life. My mouth gets me in trouble a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the devil will bring that back up at the most inopportune time. When you said this, and they're going to have the feelings hurt and all that kind of stuff. But I go back to this. You know, thank the Lord I've not killed people in the name of the mm -hmm. religion. You know, yeah. I mean, Paul had a lot to live with. Sure and, and the devil, I'm sure, threw that in his face a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But he bore it in the cross. Yeah. If anyone ever had an excuse to have baggage, it was Paul. Maybe a lot of us have had a whip to our back either. No. No. And I believe that God purposely used Paul because mm -hmm. of his history. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, who better who better to, uh, to to teach Jesus Christ and him crucified being the only thing you have to have for salvation from somebody that just like you said knew the law backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And 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 because these people saw what what Paul was when he was saw and they saw what he became after he got saved. And they saw a different, different man there, and uh, and I appreciate uh, uh, what she said about the. Surely that probably bothered him. Uh, he was human, just like you and I, and I'm sure that that dwelt on him the things he had done, and maybe that's why he he put so much into the gospel of Jesus Christ. He lived it. He he didn't get concerned with having a family, but he just he just. What would you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyone else? Well, I appreciate everybody's help this morning, and we'll get into chapter two.